Welcome to Quarantine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Karezi. The moon is bright. The candles are lit. And the spooks will be captivating tonight. one card as the overarching story for tonight's spooks, and the second card I draw will be the title of the first story. Alright, I'm gonna say this out loud, correct me if I pronounce it right. Pumpkin are a queer's. Oh, pumpkins are a queer's best friend. I'm gonna say that's the right title. However, I read it is gonna be the thing. All right. And the first, <laughs> the first story is called "Everyone is Angry at This or That Meme." Godman spent arguably too much time at the office throwing himself at the sheer volume of coding. He knew 12 languages in code, up to and not including HTML, Java, and C Sharp. He sometimes wish he sometimes wish he sometimes wished that these coding languages were actual languages. So he could say, yeah, I can speak twelve languages. But he only knew English and a little bit of Spanish. Donovan was very deterred by working in the office. All the gray cubicle walls, the white walls, the seemingly decorative carpet. But really, it was just like if someone puked on a boring carpet. Would have brought. Would have brought. Jackson Pollock to, sh to shame. So Donovan would do as he would usually do. Just, you know, go in, clock in with his digital ID, do his work, eat lunch alone, and then he'd leave. And then, when he was at his house, he would just, you know, sit and watch TV. You know, a lot of people gave 
Cable a bad rap these days, but Donovan, he still saw the value in Cable. He liked watching uh, The Price is Right reruns. They're not having new episodes right now. Can you guess why? But Donovan would go into his office and just do all the same menial tasks. But the one captivating thing that he felt was unique to his office is that his office had a really strong meme board game. There were memes posted all over the place. All along people's cubicles and on the doors and the break rooms and stuff. Some of them were oldies, like a, you know, grumpy cat or a Pepe before he was re repurposed as a Nazi symbol. But then some of the newer memes, you know. A lot of them had cats. But Donovan didn't know if that if any true meme lord walked in through his office, they would argue that his, uh, his staff's meme, meme game was out of date. But Donovan didn't care. He was just into his memes, you know? Every night before bed, he would just browse meme Facebook pages, you know? And share them on his wall. And always had a lot of likes from people who were super into memes. Like, too into memes, you know? They just like it with a little thumbs up. And then just say, ah, nice one, dude. And then Donovan would like that comment. No, if you asked Donovan, he wouldn't have saw this as mundane at all. Dedicating himself to mematude. It was almost like a double life. He'd go in and do the typical the typical kind of of the typical the typical types of office work that movies like Office Space make fun of. But when he was online, he posted those memes. He posted them hard. He tried to do what he can to create his own memes, you know. But none of them ever had any traction, you know. He tried cats. He tried socialism. Nothing really worked. But then one day, he was browsing online and pictures and whatnot. At first he was looking at uh, horror movie picture clips, you know, including Gremlins 2, Suspiria, even The Lighthouse. But then he thought about the current times and he thought about living sustainably and what that would be like. So he typed in some Google searches to fit that idea. And the image he saw was the cutest fucking thing he's ever seen. It was a queer polyamorous household and their bomb-ass pumpkins. Now these pumpkins were the bomb. They were orange, perfect for jack-o'-lantern purposes, some you could eat, and 
Donovan just looked at the picture and was like, oh my god, that's some bomb-ass pumpkins. He went on the farm's website page. And they had a lot of photographs of pumpkins. Pumpkins in all shapes and sizes. Some squashes. Even some, uh, squash pumpkin hybrids. So you had, like, a nice, like, dessert squash. That was kind of like a pumpkin, but, like, it tastes really good. It's... I don't even know what the species is called. But anyway, there are some amazing pumpkins. Some of the finest pumpkins you can find in a 200-mile radius. So Donovan found one pumpkin. He was just like, oh, yes. That's the pumpkin. So he uh, went online and tried to tried out some jokes with the in meme format when it came to the pumpkins. But the only phrase he could think of was not like this bomb-ass pumpkin. He would post something unpleasant on the upper image, you know. Either something political, something about the stasis of things, or even the mundane details that still irk a lot of people. And then on the bottom image, it would just say, not like this bomb-ass pumpkin. Now, Donovan was a man who would try anything to a fault and didn't really grasp how bad his ideas were. But you know what? With nothing to lose, he posted that bomb-ass pumpkin picture. At first, he posted it on Facebook, and then it got a lot of likes. More than he was, in he was expecting even got likes from people that didn't follow him or weren't friends with him on Facebook. He even got shared by people who didn't even know. And then Donovan thought, oh my god, this might be my moment. This slice of internet relevancy may be my time to shine. So he spent hours before going to bed just slamming down pumpkin memes, you know, he went on the farm website and just, you know, did a bunch of sick bomb-ass pumpkin memes with any kind of thing, any sort of pop culture thing you can think of, relevant or not. He spread them around to Facebook, Twitter, other websites that share memes. I don't keep up with those things these days. And by 4 a.m., he was just like, there. I've given it all I've got. And with that... He had a good night's rest for the first time in a long time. So then that next week, you know, things went on as normal, just, you know, doing just uh, mundane coding tasks, not even like intriguing, uh, thought-provoking coding, just like really dull, easy tasks. And then we'll go back, you know, and watch recorded episodes of Price is Right reruns and peruse memeage. But as he go online, he didn't see the pumpkin memes uh, have as much traction as they did the week before, and he thought his time has passed as far as bomb-ass pumpkin memes. So, you know, a few weeks later, you know, he goes to work, and his uh, cubicle buddy... He's just, uh, 
chatting with him. It's just like, hey, isn't it weird that we don't have, like, an open office kind of thing? You know? I mean, wouldn't that, you know... Isn't that the typical way offices are built these days? Just, like, a large tables and, like, workspaces and stuff? Isn't there research that debatably says that's better? And then his office mate said, well, they're going back to cubicles now because, you know, the pandemic and this company doesn't... This company wants people coming back to work, you know? So it's just like, yeah, guess back to cubicles. Apparently, they're more functional than we thought. And dotted. And uh, Donovan reluctantly nodded and said, uh, I suppose so. But in the back of his mind, he knew that any sort of office space was kind of bogus. But he wasn't in tune with himself enough to really have that thought reach his uh, surface consciousness. So after his conversation with his office mate, he sees a pumpkin his office mate's desk and Donovan says hey is that a pumpkin you got there and then uh the office mate said well yeah you know, it's a bomb ass pumpkin don't you think and Donovan says yeah I, I suppose it is and then the conversation was left at that So then Donovan takes a break, goes to the break room, you know, has his little cup of noodles cup that he microwaves. But then on the break room counter next to the coffee is another pumpkin. And he thinks, huh, that's weird. It's not even like, it's not even August yet. And already people are really into having pumpkins around. He turns and sees another, another employee, uh, receptionist for one of his bosses uh, hold and cradle this very large pumpkin and then Donovan says hey is this a where'd you get that pumpkin and then the woman says oh yeah isn't it a bomb ass pumpkin and Donovan says well yeah I guess so but where did you get it and she was just like oh I just you know just found this little farm in Idaho you know and he's like oh okay so as the day went on, he started to see more and more pumpkins surround his office. And as the weeks went on, he noticed an increased attachment of his office mates and pumpkins. And then it got to the point where he would go out in public, he would see more and more people with pumpkins. Hold them like companions, you know. Like the way Tom Hanks had Wilson in a Castaway, you know. Just like, oh, this is so okay. I mean, these are a lot of these are a lot of bomb ass pumpkins, but what's the deal? So then, uh, another month goes by, and he gets an email, and it's from the cute ass farm where he pulled the pumpkin pictures for that meme in the first place. And they said, hey. Are you the one that memefied all of our pumpkin photos? So, in a prompt amount of time, uh, Donovan said, yes, yes, that was me. And then the cute-ass farm says, Well, how far did the meme go? And Donovan replied, I don't know, people are really into it, you know. 
And then the cute-ass farm says, well, you gotta delete all the memes that you posted. Donovan responded, why? You see, even though these pumpkins are bomb ass, and our farm is cute as fuck, these pumpkins are evil. You see, we didn't know these were this particular harvest of pumpkins were evil until we let them hang out with us, you know? They started to get sentience. They started to eat our livestock and all that. So we had to destroy the pumpkins. And we got rid of those photos off the website. Because these pumpkins are hypnotic. They lull you in with a false sense of security. And then they get you. And Donovan says, well, that's pretty ridiculous, you know. I mean, don't you think people are, like, carrying pumpkins around because they're just bomb-ass pumpkins? Or pumpkins are bomb-ass in general? And the farm responds, have you been seeing people with, uh, carrying around pumpkins and all that? Donovan replied, yes, it's, you know, it's, they're like companions and whatnot. farm replies, alright, you gotta get to a safe spot. Tell everyone you know to throw away their pumpkins. You, they must be destroyed. And uh, Domino's just like, no, why? Why would we do that? And the farm says, you see, the seed of evil from our little farm has spread to other farms. We don't know how far it's gone. But if someone is overly attached to pumpkins... They could be hypnotized by the pumpkin's power. So they must be destroyed. Otherwise, you better not cross their path. And Donovan asked more questions, but the farm didn't respond. Donovan's just like, oh, that's a old email chain. Surely there's nothing evil about pumpkins or a companionship-like attachment to them. So that next week, he goes into work, goes to his cubicle, and then when he sees his office mate, his head's missing. And then it's just the pumpkin he had, which is now bigger, carved like a jack-o'-lantern, and pieces of his office mate's head inside the jack-o'-lantern's head. The blood oozing from the jack-o'-lantern's -lantern mouth. And Donovan says, huh, I'm gonna grab some stuff in the break room and then kind of leave early today. So he goes into the break room and then he sees uh, another office mate he's friendly with. And he says, Donovan, how about these bomb-ass pumpkins, am I right? And Donovan's just like, what? And his office mate says, yeah, they're just, yeah, they're just eating people's faces and heads, you know, it's crazy, you know. Some people are being devoured, you know, there's corpses all over the place, haha! <laughs> and Donovan's like, okay. Um, Donovan doesn't say anything more and he just leaves. And Donovan thinks to himself, huh, it's this... Obvious bad things affecting a lot of people in very subtle ways. Perhaps I should steer clear of that thing. 
So he goes to his house, you know, starts working from home again. But his bosses are also decapitated by the pumpkins. So he's just, well, I guess I don't have a job now. Um, so he thinks about his previous pursuits and sustainability. Like, I know, I'll start growing food. That'd be pretty cool. And he thinks, but what could I grow? And then he realizes, I know. I can grow some. Bomb-ass pumpkins. Nice little farm story, you know. And the first story is the uh, the first pool was uh, pumpkins are a queer's best friend, so probably more pumpkins are coming. All right, this next story is called. Oh, no more war. Oh man. It was a very memorable chant that Ben heard that night. It was the night of one of the many protests in Portland, Oregon, after the feds showed up, when the intensity of them heightened. The chant he heard was, no more war, no more war. Chan was uh, punctually responded by uh, tear gas from the feds, seeming like a more vicious strand than anything the local police could offer. And it stung, it stung Ben's eyes, and he got into a real coughing fit, it felt like he couldn't breathe, so he thought, okay, time for me to leave for tonight. So he got in the car with his friend and drove off, because he never went to these events alone. 
so that night he got back to his house. Tried to wipe the teal tear gas off his face, out of his eyes. Showered, you know. Mentally regrouping. Tried to go to bed, but his, his adrenaline was too shot up. But as he lied awake, trying to sleep, he thought about that chant he heard. No more war, no more war. He felt like it encapsulated a lot. How there are many problems in many systems, and toxicity is literally everywhere. Do what they could. To upend corrupt systems to the point where they weren't salvageable. But he thought about that chant thinking, what if there's a way to end all of it? to his uh, job that next day, uh, working on a fairly large farm, you know. It was harvest season. He was just, uh, you know, picking some berries and whatnot. And then he trips over a vine. And it's a vine for one of the pumpkins. And he sees the pumpkin. Uh, it looks green, but it's definitely ready to reach his full pumpkin form fairly soon. But then he looked at this pumpkin, thought about it more peculiar, looked at it in a peculiar way. It looked, he felt something was different about this pumpkin. So it was, uh, the person he works for, you know, he just shouts, like, oh, did you trip and fall? And then Ben says, yeah, yeah, I did. And he says, hey, so, it's still cool if I could, like, take food home and stuff, like, sometimes, you know? And then the farmer said, yeah, if we got enough to give, then yeah, sure, you can take what you need. And Ben said, cool, cool. Say, when this pumpkin here is ready to harvest, then can I bring it back with me? The farmer says, yeah, sure. Sounds good to us. So, uh, it didn't take long for that pumpkin to be ready to be harvested. The pumpkins have been coming up earlier and earlier since the impacts of climate change has taken effect. But even by those standards, this pumpkin definitely bloomed early. So then, Ben brought the pumpkin back to his house and set his pumpkin on, he cleared his nightstand, set the pumpkin on it, and positioned the nightstand across from his bed, and he sat on the bed and stared at it. He was thinking, no, there's something more to this pumpkin.
He spent that whole night staring at it. It got to the point where, as the days went on, he would divide his da daily life by working at the queer-owned farm, protesting at night, and then spending his spare minutes staring at this pumpkin. I didn't know why he stared at the pumpkin. There's something about it. Maybe it was a lack of companionship during the pandemic. But he felt like this pumpkin had answers. So, uh... The next day, during the day he had a day off, he called the farmer he worked for, and then Ben asked, uh, hey, do you know any, like, pumpkin experts in town? And the farmer said, pumpkin experts? And Ben said, yeah, yeah, you know, like, expertise in pumpkins, uh, you know, just like, if there's a question about pumpkins you have, you go to this person, you know, like, some, like, some elder in like this esoteric Italian village and they're just like oh you must go to this person you know something like that and the farmer's silent for a bit and he says yeah I have a name for you I can uh give you the yeah yeah I can give you the address or whatnot you can go and Ben says yeah cool cool and then the farmer says but you gotta be careful with this pumpkin expert. She's very mysterious. There aren't many details about her that are public or anything. Even people who said to have known her really knew nothing about her. And then Ben's just like, oh, why's that? And then the farmer says, well, she doesn't have Facebook. And Ben says, ah, that makes sense, okay. So that ne next week, Ben goes to this small, this small little cottage somewhere remote in the Tillamook Forest. He has his pumpkin in the passenger seat, buckled up, you know, secure. Unbuckles the pumpkin, unbuckles himself, grabs a pumpkin, pumpkin, heads to the cottage. And then he knocks on the door. He doesn't hear anything, so he knocks again. And then he hears a voice that says, take off your shoes. And Ben says, yeah, okay, okay. And then we take some off, he says, oh, I also have my mask on, you know. And I'll stay six feet apart, or if you want to come out here, but, uh, I need to talk to you. You see, I need to learn more about this pumpkin. And my boss said, you know, that you can, that you had, you might have some answers behind that. And then the door quickly opens. And there's an old woman standing there saying, I'm not the one with the answers. And then she points at the pumpkin. 
She invites him in, and uh, they sit at a table today together. She serves him tea and all that. And she says, what do you know about pumpkins? And then Ben says, well, I think I know as much as anyone, you know. They taste pretty, they're pretty tasty, you know. They're in baked goods. Uh, make really cool jack-o'-lanterns. And then she says, well, you know the Sleepy Hollow story. And then Ben says, yeah, the, where uh, Ichabod Crane sees a headless horseman. She says, that's right. And also in other media, sometimes, uh, instead of a head, it's a jack-o'-lantern. And Ben is just like, yeah, I've seen some, uh, ABC Family movies, similar to that. And then, the woman says, yes, yes. But why would you use a pumpkin as a head, though? Ben thinks about it for a second and says, well, I don't know. And the old woman says, because pumpkins can think. And Ben's just like, okay. And the woman says, you see, some people think pumpkins are vastly superior to humans. Whenever you have a batch of humans, there's always one or a handful of them that get greedy or lack empathy for others. And if they're the one ones put in charge of things, they make it far worse for everyone else. And it can stain a civilization for centuries, if not a millennia. Now the theory goes, if someone were to think of a pumpkin, thoughts more embedded in nature, with a firmer understanding of the cosmos and how everything works together. Then perhaps they can make better decisions about society, about the people around them, the people they love, about systems they work in and outside of, how make those systems better. Ben was nodding. He said, okay, okay. And the woman says, surely, you know, the research of Dr. Leviticus. And Ben says, no. And she says, well, he had his theories of his own. That we disappeared not too long ago. He also had a certain fixation with severed heads. And he seemed like he was at the cusp of something. I'm sure any breakthroughs he made were between him and his own research that he didn't document. And Ben's nodding, so he's like, alright, I'm learning a lot more about pumpkins than I expected. I didn't know they were so... And the woman says, yes, yes. But I'm surely, surely what I'm telling you isn't surprising. Ben says, no, there's really something about this pumpkin. And the woman says, that's right. 
Now I'm sure you're wondering how to access this knowledge that this pumpkin has. Men says, yes, yes, I want to know. There's a lot where my species went wrong. The way we, the way we treat each other. The way systems are built. Even if they're demolished, they're rebuilt. And sometimes an even worse iteration. Or if it's a better iteration, then it doesn't last long. It almost seems like the plight of my species and many people in it feels inescapable, and I want to do something to fix it. I want to save people and help humanity. And then the woman says, yes, I can see that. And I know how you can do it. say that the thing you would have to do is something that no one else has succeeded in. And then Ben is like, yes, yes, tell me. And the woman says, well, in order to think like a pumpkin, then the pumpkin's head must be your own. Ben says, so what are you saying? says, well, your head must be decapitated and then replaced by the pumpkin. And even if the procedure is successful, the pumpkin has a mind of its own. So your wishes may not coincide with the pumpkin's. says, I'll do what it takes. I have to end the war and the history of war that's been around for my species. And the woman says, oh, so you're willing to do it? And Ben says, yes, I'll let you do the procedure. She says, oh, no, no, I don't think I could. But... I do know someone who can do it. This story is called Every Time the Screw Turns.
Ben spent a long time driving. The directions the woman gave him were very convoluted and were scribbled on a napkin. So he had a lot of trouble finding this farmer. But it's not like he had Wi-Fi anyway, so... So he kept driving in the same fashion as he did before. His pumpkin was... Seat, had a seatbelt in the passenger seat. He had a bag packed. He didn't know what was in store. He didn't know anything about this farmer. Other than... That it could unlock the secrets this pumpkin may have had to lead the human species on the right track. He was in a dense forest. The longer he drove and the darker the sky got. The tops of the trees blended with the night sky. And he could only rely on his headlights to find his way. And eventually he found a house. Pretty quaint. drove up to it, brought him and the pumpkin out, he had his mask on, you know, and then uh, had the pumpkin under his arm, and then he heard a shout from the house, stop, and then Ben froze, put the pumpkin gently down on the ground. Ben, thinking that he had everything figured out about uh, pumpkin eccentrics, put the pumpkin down in the grass, and then the voice from the house said, alright, now step two feet away from the pumpkin, and Ben, being confused, stepped away from the pumpkin, and then the front door opens, and a very paranoid farmer in overalls, and he says, who are you? He says, uh, my name is Ben, uh, the old woman, Kathy, from the Tillamook Forest, said you could help me, uh, help me have the knowledge of this pumpkin, uh, transferred to me. Uh, I hear you're the guy, I hear you're the best, uh, so if you can help me out with this, I'd greatly appreciate it. And the farmer slowly nods and says, what do you think you know about pumpkins? And then Ben says, well, obviously less than you, sir. And then the farmer nods slowly, almost impressed and thinking. Then he says, what's your name, kid? And then Ben says, oh, I'm Ben. And then the farmer says, okay. 
My name's Donovan. Come inside. So Ben walks in again, just like similar to the uh, old woman's house, Kathy's. They just sit at a t sit at a table, have some tea. And Donovan says, "Well, you can spend the night here, but I don't want you staying long." And then Ben says, "That's fine. I just want you to do the procedure, and you know." Anonymous says, what do you, again, what do you think you really know about pumpkins? And then Ben says, well, you know, I hear pumpkins have just like the purest of knowledge. And I think if I have that knowledge, I can really help out the human species in some way. And then uh, Donovan nod, nods and says, okay. So you think you can save the world if you have this pumpkin's knowledge? And then Med says, yes, I think I can. And Donovan nods again. Thinking of his past life, working at an office, spreading a pumpkin meme, and then having his co-workers be decapitated by pumpkins. And then he says to Ben, Did you know that pumpkins can be evil? Ben says, well, if anything can be evil, then surely pumpkins can. And Donovan says, that, says, that's right. You see, if I do a procedure where you lose all of your sentience, and you embody the sentience of a pumpkin, if it's an evil pumpkin, it'll only use the knowledge that you so desperately, desperately crave for sinister ends. Ben says, well, we have to try, at least. And then Donovan says, okay, sleep tonight. It'll probably be your last. And then we'll start the procedure tomorrow. up. Donovan's already up. He woke up at dawn and has some coffee ready. Ben goes in, has some coffee. He's just like, oh, this is good coffee. And then Donovan's like, thanks, you know, I got it from my last job, you know. It's the same type that they had, but anyway. So they have their coffee together. So Ben walks out of the house and he sees that the pumpkin's gone. And in a slight panic, he says, pumpkin's gone. And Donovan says, yeah, I don't know what you're expecting. Ben said, what do you mean? And Donovan said, well, you see, pumpkins have a mind of their own. They do as they please, just like humans do. Even if they have a knowledge or a will that can benefit the human race. just still do their own thing. Ben says, oh, well, we have to find this pumpkin, you know? And Donovan says, all right, well, it's your funeral. Could have gone far. You see, pumpkins don't have legs. 
probably rolled somewhere, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it could be anywhere, really. We're, again, not that far. Not a lot of places to roll in these woods, but we can do a perimeter check. Ben's alright. Ben's like, okay, that sounds good. So then, uh, Dobbin, uh, wants to get some gear from his house. And then he steps on his porch. And suddenly it collapses. Demolished. The porch was demolished just by one step on it. And when they both stepped on it, they could have sworn that the porch was sturdy. And then Ben says, Oh shit, are you okay? Donovan says, Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. It's just a. I don't know what happened with this porch. And he says, Wait a minute. at a piece of wood and some nuts and bolts and you know Ben's nodding he's just trying to see what Donovan's trying to figure out and then Donovan says these screws were unturned and Ben says what and then Donovan says yeah these these screws were unturned you know someone had to have unturned them I think this pumpkin's trying to fuck with us. And Ben says, no, that's impossible. There's some... This pumpkin has some deep wisdom that humans desperately need, you know. And Donovan says, no, I'm telling you, kid, this pumpkin's a fucking asshole. He's fucking with us. Probably use his hypnotic technique to hypnotize you to thinking he had some deep wisdom. Perhaps he was just manipulating me, manipulating you. You see, the reason why I know the procedure to install a pumpkin head onto a person is because in my last job, everyone was obsessed with pumpkins. And the pumpkins decapitated all of them and devoured their faces and their skulls. Some of the pumpkins, you know, even tried to walk around uh, as people, but none of, the, none of them lived very long, a few days tops, but I did my own research to figure out a way to do it sustainably, so if I were to do that for you, you would not only be sacrificing yourself, but this asshole pumpkin would be controlling your body, and Ben thinks about it, he's just like, well, how do we know if the pumpkin is evil like you say, or wise and true like I say. And then Donovan says, well, that's the thing about pumpkins. You can never know what they're thinking. Anyway, we better look for this pumpkin.
They spent the whole afternoon walking around. Ben had no luck finding the pumpkin. Neither did Donovan. Couldn't find it anywhere in the woods. They found some squash-shaped things, but it was just some debris and some acorns, pine cones, some mushrooms. It's chanterelle season, so they're really into that. But still, no pumpkins. So it starts to uh, get a little darker out, almost dusk. turn in. You know, I don't think we're going to find this pumpkin out here. And the man says, no, no, we gotta, we gotta find this thing. If we find this pumpkin, we can save humanity. And then Donovan just simply said, hey, have you ever thought about, you know, instead of trying to find, like, some, like, this, uh, this one-phased form of salvation and you actually put the work into, you know, trying to repair or dismantle and rebuild these systems that you're talking about, you know, you wouldn't really need a pumpkin to just, like, fix everything for you, you know. It's probably how these systems got this way in the first place, you know. Actually doing the work, you know, and all that jazz. And Ben's just like, no, no, this pumpkin can <laughs> fix everything, surely. Donovan's just like, okay, alright, keep looking for this pumpkin. But I'm just saying, a little bit more work on your part. And Ben's just like, yeah, I, I get it. So they keep going to the house. They arrive at the house. And they go in. And then Donovan's house is completely destroyed. Everything's dismantled. All the wooden beams are falling apart. His stairs are collapsed. His second story is completely collapsed in the first story. It reminded him of when he first built this house in the woods and dedicated himself to become a pumpkin farmer. But then realizing the true evil of pumpkins, as he believed, he was just like, nah, I'm just gonna live out in the woods. He's just like, oh, my house is destroyed. Ben, your pumpkin destroyed my house. And Ben's just like, well, we don't know if it's a pumpkin. And then Donovan was looking around, and he said, all the screws are unturned. This pumpkin is being a very precise asshole just dismantling, you know, the wooden structures that exist in this house. And, like, Ben's just like, alright, well, let's just find the pumpkin, you know. Let's, we still gotta work on that. And then Donovan's like, alright, well, I don't know how to find pumpkins, though. And Ben's just like, yeah, I don't know either. I thought you were the pumpkin expert. Donovan was like, no, I just know how to cut people's heads off and put pumpkins on them. I, you know, I'm not like a, a farmer or anything. And then Ben's just like, well, shit. So they sit in the dilapidated house, trying to think of a way of 
how to find this pumpkin. I said, well, if the pumpkin's not even on this property, maybe a long journey to find it. And then Ben says, that's fine. I'm willing to go down this journey. Gonna do one more spook. So I want to see how the story ends. <laughs> This final story, this final installment of the Pumpkin Saga is called Scroder Speaks. Ben and Donovan became masters of tracking pumpkins, but they could never find the pumpkin that they were looking for. They found other pumpkins, some of them rogue, some of them reported missing. But they didn't find the pumpkin they were looking for. It was the same pumpkin that Ben thought had the answers to all of humanity, which Donovan kept trying to convince him was far-fetched. Donovan's main incentive for going on the journey was to vanquish this evil that the pumpkin could have been. But Ben thought it was pure good. And they would wrestle with this duality all along their trip. They would drive long nights throughout the forest, throughout deserts, going back and forth across the continent looking for this pumpkin still no luck. Until, though it, it took a long time, Donovan asked Ben, where did you find this pumpkin in the first place? And then Ben said, well, I found it at a farm that he used to work at. And then Donovan said, well, let's try going to that farm. Maybe he was trying to get home all along.
So Ben and Donovan drove to the uh, fairly large queer-owned farm where the pumpkin originally grew. So, you know, they did the, they both wore masks and then went to the front door and knocked on it and then the farmer that uh, Ben used to work for answered, whose name was Theo. And then Ben was just like, hey, Theo, uh, you know, when I used to work for you, uh, you know, there was this pumpkin that I really wanted. And you agreed to let me have it, but that pumpkin has gone missing. So we're wondering if, you know, this may sound crazy, but if that pumpkin has come back somehow, you know, again, pumpkins don't have legs, so maybe the pumpkin rolled over, or maybe someone brought it over. And then Theo said, well, you know, uh, we farmers have a mantra. That pumpkins are a queer's best friend. I sure do love pumpkins. I'll do everything for this pumpkin. However, I can't let this pumpkin leave my farm. And then Ben said, well, why not? And Theo reluctantly said, well, let me show you two. So, you know, by, uh, inside the barn, where they have, like, a little lab where they can, where they can grow, uh, fruits year-round. There's a little door with a little stairwell. They go down the stairs, go down a hallway, then another stairwell, down to a deep, deep basement. And then they hear a scream that says, let me out of here, let me out of here. Now, Ben has never heard this voice before. But he had a feeling he knew where it came from. So they go and... They go to this little room. And see this glass window. Of a two-way mirror. The name of a two-way mirror doesn't quite make sense if you only see through one way. Like, it's like a window. One side's a window, the other side's a mirror. The name two-way mirror doesn't make a lot of sense. Different conversation. But anyway. So Ben, Theo, and Donovan, they're all seeing this mirror. And then through the mirror, they enter a little room. They see the pumpkin. Except the pumpkin's face has a jack-o'-lantern carved into it. And it's moving like it's speaking. And that jack-o'-lantern is attached to a body, you know, stomping around, trying to get out of the room. And the voice comes from the pumpkin head. Let me out of here, let me out of here. And then Theo said, there's your pumpkin. And then Ben says, I, I, don't, I don't understand, why are you holding this pumpkin in captivity. And uh, Theo says, well, he actually goes by the name Scroder. And then uh, Ben says, well, Scroder, why are you holding Scroder in captivity? 
So then Theo says, well, I knew it was a pumpkin that grew in this land when the pumpkin first arrived. So I kept it safe, treated it well, you know, as I treat all of my harvest and produce and livestock, just treating it like our own, you know. But then one day, uh, Skirter got a little greedy and decapitated one of our farmhands and seized his body. says, well, you know, sure, like, but I think this pumpkin has a lot of wisdom that can benefit humanity, you know. You should, I don't know why this pumpkin is captive, though. I mean, the pumpkin just wants a body, wants to communicate, you know. And Theo says, yeah, that's one argument. If it was just that argument, I would, you know, let Skroeder be free to roam about humanity. But once Schroeder had a body of its own and was able to speak, he kept talking about wanting to join and to start a Republican party. And Ben said, a Republican party? And Theo says, that's right. You see, Schroeder's ambition is to start his own political party called the Republicans. It would revi rival the United States Republican Party and go on a platform that aligns with libertarians to go against the grain of the Republicans and claim to fix everything. But from the way he talks about his politics, he would still use the DHS to fuck shit up for everyone. So if I let this pumpkin go, with the charisma this pumpkin has, it's gonna run for office and fuck with everything. If you thought the systems were bad now, they'd become far worse, far more quickly. And Ben's like, no. It's impossible. This, this pumpkin, Scroder, has deep wisdom that's very important to humanity. Donovan patted him on the shoulder and says, I told you. This pumpkin is fucking evil. And Ben just said, no. No, that's impossible. Scroder, can you hear me? And Scroder says, Ben. Ben, is that you? And Ben says, yes, Scroder, it's me. And Scroder says, oh, I've thought about you every day since I've been in here. It's not right, Ben. It's not right. And Ben says, you gotta let Scroder out. He can fix everything. And Theo says, no, no, he can't. Donovan says, this guy is gonna fuck things up for everyone, you know? If you thought Steve Bannon was shitty, this guy is just like 20 times worse. 50 times. I don't have a metric for evil, but Scroder fucking sucks, I assure you. He destroyed my house. And Scroder was just like, oh, I was just playing a game, come on, you know? I had to distract you so that I can get away and find my home. And then Ben just said, oh, Ben, if you... Ben, ben just said, oh, Scroder, if you... I'll let you out of here, Scroder. You know, we'll go we'll travel countryside together. And then Donovan said, dude, you're just acting like my old office mates did, who were obsessed with pumpkins. They had pumpkins as, as companions, and then they were decapitated. I'm telling you, Scroder is bad news. And Ben's just like, no. You're all wrong. Then Ben storms into the room, and Theo says, No, Ben, no! 
And Ben says, Schroeder. And Schroeder says, yes, Ben. I'm so glad you've tried to come to rescue me. They can't lock us both in here. We can escape together. We'll just walk out together. And Ben says, ah, Schroeder, I would have sacrificed myself so that your head could be on my body and then we could have fixed humanity but now that you found another body we can we can do it together Scroder. and Scroder says yes that's right then <laughs> oh I'm just laughing with joy, Ben. Finally, I've never felt love before in my short life. <laughs> I'm so glad you've come come here to rescue me. But Ben, these humans, they don't understand. You know, they don't know that I can fix the DHS, you know? And Ben's just like, okay. And then Schroeder's just like, yeah, you know, being in cap captivity is bullshit. We should hold people in captivity for the white people. And then Ben's just like, uh-huh. Scroder's just like, uh, Ben, finally, you can join me on my Republican ticket. We can take down Trump and take this country to where it really needs to go. And Ben's just like, uh, Scroder, I, the reason why I harvested you in the first place is you had some deep, profound wisdom that can help humanity. And then Scroeder said, yeah, I do. And I'll tell you everything I know. All the cosmic connections I have. I'll reveal this information to you if you can let me out. And Scroeder, and uh, Ben says, okay. How do we do that, though? Everyone's kind of looking at us and it's pretty awkward. I think, uh, you know, Theo and Donovan looks like they're going to pounce. And then Squirter just nods and says, I know what to do. And then suddenly Squirter grabs Ben. And then Squirter and Ben faces Theo and Donovan. And Squirter holds Ben like in a hostage situation. And Squirter says, let me out. Let me out or I'll kill him. And then Ben says, Squirter, what the fuck are you doing? And Squirter says, let me out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill him. I'll do it. I don't care about humanity. Whatever. I'll, I'll do it. And Theo's just like, Jesus Christ, Scroeder, fine. We'll let you go. Please don't harm Ben. And then Donovan's just like, fuck Ben, that guy's evil. And then Scroeder's just like, I'll do it. And Theo's just like, no, go ahead, go. And Donovan's like, Theo, just, just don't do not do it, you know? Scroeder's just gonna fuck shit up for everyone. And Scroeder's just like, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. And then Theo's just like, Donovan, we have to let him go. We can't sink to his level. Scroeder slowly scoots out, holding Ben, who looks fearful of his life. And Scroeder says, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He goes up the stairs, up the hallway, up the other set of stairs, into the barn, and then leaves the barn. And then eventually he goes to Ben's car, and then lets Ben go. And uh, Ben just coughs a little bit, feeling his throat was sore. And Ben was just like, oh, that's a 
That was a pretty aggressive plan, don't you think, Scroder? You could have told me at least. Scroder said, yeah, well, I knew you, you know, I knew it would work. Just had to, I had to act fast, you know. They could have locked us both, both down there. But now we're both free, Ben. You released me. He freed me upon humanity. And then Ben says, yeah, it's okay. So Ben, I mean, I mean Scroder. This is Ben speaking. Ben said to Scroder, Scroder, I've let you free. You know, I, I harvested you. I treated you as my own. I tried to treat you the best I could until you escaped. And then I release you as you were captured. So now tell me. Please tell me the knowledge and wisdom that can save humanity. I'm dying to know. And then Scrooter nods in a very wise sensei uh, kind of way. Very zen. And then he opens uh, the driver's side door, door in Ben's car. Closes it. Starts the gas. And then he says, every man for himself. And then drives off. Ben watches the car. He sprints towards it, running as fast as he can. But Scroder drives faster. Eventually, Ben's legs give out. And then he falls. He looks up again, seeing Scroder drive his car out towards the horizon. And Ben, feeling like a fool for thinking there is like a one-stop, fail-safe answer for the many crises for humanity. He just watches Scroder in his car, and then the car slowly disappear. Nice little saga there. <laughs> God damn it. Republicans, man. It's more than Republicans, though. It's. Well, that was Quarantine Spook Show. Just remember like the first card drawn, pumpkins are a queer's best friend. Except for Scroder. Obviously. It's just not like, even pumpkins. It's just the same name. It's a different name for the same bullshit systems. You know? Right. It's fucking awful. Destroying humanity is destroying the earth. I give the species 40 years tops. 